When I get my shot, when I get my turn, I'm going to take this pain. I'm going to, I'm going to take, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to take, I'm going and I will allow this pain to push me to greatness. This pain will not break me. This pain will not define me. This pain will not destroy me. This pain will cause me. What's up, guys, and welcome to Straight From The Chest Podcast. My name is Justin Groth, and I'm your host in this personal development, self-improvement podcast. Listen, if you're new to the channel, welcome. Thank you for being here. If you're a returning listener, welcome back. I very much appreciate all your guys' listenership and support of the channel. And if you want to support this channel even further, please subscribe to us if you haven't yet already. We're on Apple, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Basically, anywhere this podcast, we're likely there. Please hit the subscribe button on those platforms, as well as share this podcast with someone and review us. Leave us a five-star. We very much appreciate that. So thank you in advance. Listen, this message has been something that I've been sitting on for, for, for a little bit of time here. And the reason why I've been sitting on it is because one, my ego, and then two, because I'm in the process of collecting data to give to you based on my own experiences. The ego side is in part because it's a little contradictory to my messages that I've touted in the past. And if you are an avid listener to this podcast, you might remember back a few months ago or not. It's okay if you didn't. That I spoke about being uh, or uh, I spoke about reducing your situation. So, for example, maybe you need to reduce in order to progress. So maybe that looks like financially reducing the cost of certain things that you're paying into every month in order to maybe save some money or re-strategize, et cetera, for the future to progress, right? And let me just tell you something because as a, as a podcast host and just really as somebody that you give your time and attention to, I feel that it's my duty to be more transparent than I would normally and obviously above all, be truthful. So I'm going to be a little bit more transparent than I have been about my current circumstance or experiences that I've had in the past. And because I want you to understand this illustration in its entirety. So I've always been a person that's always had nicer cars and nicer things in general. Now I have my parents to think for that because they, they brought me up in a position where I was always brought me up in a, in a, in a household that one was comfortable and two was entrepreneurial and they always ingrained in me entrepreneurship. And so that's what I took on in my, in my early existence. When I was like 16 years old, I started my first business in high school and then I started multiple businesses outside of that as I grew older. And as a result, maybe to fill the shoes of what an entrepreneur was, I thought that, you know, that would meant nice things. And apart from that, I just like nice things. And maybe that's because I was born into a family that was living comfortably. I mean, I was definitely not given a silver spoon in my mouth, but we definitely had nice things. We lived comfortably. And that came as a result of hard work from my dad and my mom on both their ends because they worked together in the business and very thankful for that upbringing. Now, I also like nice cars and I always had my mind, my eyes on nice cars ever since a young kid. And maybe it's because I listen to rap music and I love rap music. And still to this day, that's all I listen to is rap. And a lot of the rap music, they, when you hear that, they talk about fancy cars, Bentleys, Rolls Royces, Ferraris, Lambos, everything. And obviously I couldn't afford those at the time. I still can't yet, but yet, 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 yet. That's the key word there guys. Yet. But listen, I always 
in the past, you know, was hearing about these Cadillacs and these Rolls Royce and shit. And I was like, I want one, you know, and then watching the music videos on top of that, it just pulled me into that type of ETH, that type of a uh, culture. And so my, one of my first cars was a, a nice Chevy, nice GMC. It was, no, it was a nice Chevy. And then I went from there, I went to a GMC, went from there, I went to a Cadillac Escalade, went from there, I went to a Range Rover from there. Simultaneously I had a Benz, a 500 Benz. And then from there, I went to another Range Rover and now I'm in a seven series. I've always liked nice cars. Now I've always prized the nice cars for some reason, maybe because it helped me well, one, because of the, what I've just kind of illustrated, uh, but also it helped me. I noticed that when I got in these nice cars, I felt different about myself. I felt better. I felt more confident. I roamed the streets in more confidence, if you will. And that's something that stays with me when I got out of the car, you know, it stays, it stays with you. And I, it, it could be, look, people, it could be a car. It could be a nice watch on your wrist. It could be jewelry on your neck. It could be a nice outfit. It could be nice shoes. It could be a nice house. Those things, when you have those things, they make you feel differently. And if you've experienced them, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Now, I'm not saying that you should accrue all of your, your confidence wealth on monetary possessions. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that they don't hurt and they actually help. And this is the data that I collected that I'm going to share with you. So when back in the day or back in the day, four months back or so, I talked about reducing your circumstance and that had been something that an idea that I was ruminating on for the better half of two years. It took me about two years to pull the trigger and I pulled the trigger on it, sold my car. And so I saw at that time I had a Range Rover, sold that Range Rover. And then I bought a Honda and this Honda that I bought, I mean, it was nothing. It's just a little commuter car. It was nothing special. And I thought that that was going to be able to save money. I, and I did, I, well, I didn't save money. I put money into my business, which is very, very much needed at the time. And, uh, that's something that, well, I guess it wasn't needed. It was something that was benefiting me because I wanted to take my business to another level. So I put money in the business and that was really the impetus behind it because I couldn't pull capital from anywhere else. That was, that was practically sound. So I put the capital in the business that bit, that, that money that I put in is still helping me to this day. Now, with the rest of the money, I went and bought a car outright. And that was a little Honda Accord, little 2017 Honda Accord, right? In driving that Honda for the first time in my life, driving a car that was just a regular, regular commuter car, if you will. And nothing to, no, 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 no slack on a, on a Honda Accord or, or no, I'm throwing no shade to Honda Accords here or anything of the, of the like. But for me, when I got in that Honda, I didn't treat it like anything. I wasn't clean with it. I wasn't, I mean, I definitely didn't have shit on the floorboard or anything in the cup holders or anything. And I try to keep it clean. But when I kept it clean, I mean, I ran it through the car wash. I just kind of kept it normal clean. Like it wasn't like I keep my Range Rovers or the Escalades that I've had in the past or the Mercedes. It was nothing like that. It was, it's just whatever. Just keep it clean. That's, it's good enough. I noticed that that did something to my mindset. It did something to the way that I, that I really interacted with life. And even though I thought that it was a smart move for someone like me, it's not a smart move. And I'll tell you why. 
the majority of my life, I've always had car payments because I've obviously not been wealthy enough yet, yet, again, there's yet, to buy a car that I would, that I would an expensive car outright. So I've always had to make payments on cars. And these payments have been heftier payments. And the one thing that I understand going into a car is that you're not buying it for an investment or an asset. You buy it because you like it. And you buy it because you just, you like driving that kind of shit. Because really there's no reason to have a nice expensive car when you're just going from point A to point B. The point is ego. The point is it's self-esteem. Point is it's a confidence booster. I mean, and and also I like cars. Like even when I become wealthy, because I plan on being wealthy one day, like you all should be planning to be financially free and or wealthy one day. That's something that, that kind of thing, it, it's something that I like. I'll always have multiple, if I can ever, if I'm ever in the position, which I'm sure I will be one day in the position of multiple cars, I'm going to have multiple cars and they're going to be all high end cars. Cause I like cars. I just like cars. So the thing is, is that when I, I noticed that when I was driving this Honda, I wasn't strategizing any longer. I wasn't as ambitious as I normally am. And it was all because I didn't have to come up with any kind of payment at the end of the month for this car. And if anything, in my head, I'm like, oh, I'm saving X amount of dollars a month. So why am I stressing for that extra amount of money? Well, what happens is when you release that stress, and it's not to say that it's a bad thing to release it, but sometimes for some people like me and the way that I'm wired, it's not a good thing to release that stress. Because what happens is it puts me in a it puts me in a subjugated state where I don't feel like that that much of a threat any longer. And for me, the way they operate, I operate well on threats. I operate well when there's pressure against me. I do not, I do not operate better when there's no threats or I don't have the need to, to be, to, to come up with anything or to do anything or, you know, I don't operate well like that. And I learned that with this car and it took me about a few months to realize I got to get out of this fucking mess, even though it seemed like it was a, a strategized practical idea to, to impart. It was a fucking mess, people. It was a mess for me. Now, I'm not saying that I'm like everybody. Maybe you're not that way. Maybe you're listening to this message and you're like, what are you doing? That was an idiotic thing for you to do. Very well. You may think that way. Every, every car that I've ever had, I've had to pay an a fair amount of money for every month. And it's only always been leveling up. I've never ever in any car situation gone from a lesser car or gone from a car that was expensive to a lesser car. It's always been tiered up. It's always been nice car, nicer car, nicer car, nicer car, nicer car. Why is that the case? This is what I'm coming to grips with because I don't, the only thing that I can, I guess, parse out from this is that when you put yourself in a position of abundance, then abundant like-minded things attract your way. And if, and also I would say this, when you put yourself in a state of expecting, which basically what you're saying, when you put yourself in a position of, of if, illogical or, or unpractical cash advances, you're essentially positioning yourself in this universe and saying, 
this is something that I expect to have. I expect to to I expect to pay for. I expect to have these needs met. But when you never put any expectancy in yourself or in the way that you move in life or or whatever you put your energy into, well then why would you expect anything different to take place? And it might sound like an illogical expectancy to impart, but it's weird how it works because that's how it works. And if you go the opposite direction, at least this is what I have been able to accrue the data of. When you put yourself in the opposite direction and you are in a position of normalcy, complacency, comfortability, and you don't have to meet any kind of you don't have to meet any kind of criteria for the month, whether it's financial or anything else. You tend to, you tend to stay put. That's what happened to me. I, te- I stayed put. I didn't have the same ideas that I would have normally had. I didn't have the same type of ambition that I would have normally had. I didn't have the same type of threat response that I would say it's a good threat response because it's innately causing me to level up, but I didn't have that any longer. I was almost thinking like, oh, I made a good move. It's good. I'm going to, now I'm going to, you know, I'm going to see where this takes me with my business and everything. Now that I don't have this extra lump sum that pay out every month, dude, it put me in a fucking worse position, worse position. It made me more soft. It made me less ambitious. It made me more practical, which actually the way that I've always operated, I'm learning has never been practical. But it's the only way that I've got, it's the only reason why I've gotten anything I've gotten today because impracticality doesn't serve me going out on a ledge with who I believe I am and, and anchoring in on that system has been the only thing that's gotten me anywhere. And the only way that you do anything of magnitude is belief in yourself. And so if you don't believe you can level up to that car payment or that house payment or that watch you bought that you couldn't afford. You're essentially insinuating to yourself that you're not worth it. You're not worth that much. You can't make that note because you're not worth that much. You can't make that happen. And this is what it means to bet on yourself. You may have to be a little irrational and illogical and unpractical with your approach to certain things in life. Just to test yourself, just to test yourself to see if you are what you think you are, or you are what you're made of at the end of the day. You may need to do that because I did it for me and unbeknownst to me, I'd been doing it for my entire, entire adult life up until this point in my life. And I can compare and contrast now the differences of where it led me before and where it led me when I made that, that seemingly smart, practical decision. That seemingly smart, practical decision led me nowhere. And it was leading me nowhere quick because I was starting to, I was starting to amalgamate to what I was, what I had. I started thinking like a 2017 Honda Accord. I wasn't thinking anymore like an Escalator, like a Range Rover or like a, or like a Rolls Royce or a Lamborghini that I want. I was no longer thinking that way. I now had a dif- I now had a dis- a discounted mindset. I did not had a I had a lack mindset. I did not have an abundance mindset. 
And I'm telling you that even if you don't see abundance as threat or or putting expectations on yourself to meet, that is how you become abundant. That is how you gain more is by placing more of a demand on yourself because you know that you believe in yourself to the to the level that you can easily meet that criteria or meet that standard. That's This is something that you need to impart in your life. Even if it seems impractical or illogical, even if everybody else around you is telling you don't do it, don't think like they think. Do not operate the way they operate. Look at their existence. Look at what they have. Look at where they're going in life. Look at who they are. Do you want to be that person? If not, then don't take notes from them. Don't take advice from them. They don't know the kind of person with the talent that you have. They don't know that person. Only you know that person. And only you can bank on that person. And you should more. And sometimes the only way or the quickest way to bank on yourself is by you doing something that by the society's standards is impractical or illogical. Maybe be a little bit illogical with your decisions and see where it gets you. Maybe be just a little bit impractical with your approach to certain things and see what it gets you. Because I bet you you'll be pleasantly surprised and I am proof that you do not need to live reduced. That is for the lower vibrational mindset. That is for the people that are okay with mediocrity. That is for the people that are okay with living in lack, even though they don't see it as living in lack. They're living in lack. They're not living abundantly and they're not attracting abundance towards them because they don't have a belief system that's rooted in action and rooted in what their competency is. If you do, then put it on the line. Put your money where your mouth is and do something about it and actually impose some type of threat that willingly causes you to have to meet the mark of If you're here and you've listened this long, the first thing you need is belief because without that, you're nothing. You not only expect more out of yourself, but so do others and others are actually counting on you to make something of yourself because that person that you make is going to help them. It's up to you though. This is something that you could do today. You could make that irrational choice today. Why do you think entrepreneurs are called risk takers? And why do you think some of the most profitable people on this planet are business owners? Because they're willing to go against the norm. They're willing to be risk takers. That's what this means. I'm asking you to take a risk here. Take a risk with something you've never done before. Do something that willingly charges you to level up. Meet a different demand because the demand that you've been meeting every single day for the past years is only keeping you an idol. How was that serving? It's not serving and never will be serving. Do something that is a little bit scary. Bet on yourself more. Believe in yourself more. Done.